Welcome to The Alamon Show. Here, we'll discover the success stories of local business trailblazers, where we discuss topics from marketing strategies to community engagement. You'll gain practical insights for your own venture. Join us weekly to celebrate and learn from our local entrepreneurial heroes. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and become a part of our growing community of business enthusiasts and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get started. So thank you so much for coming out. Tell me a little bit about Dr. Mona. What type of doctor are you? So uh, I'm a pediatric dentist and I've been um, in practice in, uh, you know, Percival for about 10 years now. Before that, I was in Sterling and I was doing pediatric dentistry for many years as well. So what took you from Sterling to Percival? you know, in Sterling, I was an associate, and it was in my office, and I was in a really comfortable place. I loved that office. We were a very, very friendly uh, group, and so I stayed for a long time. My daughter was young then. You know, I went in until she gets a little older, and then finally, like everybody else, I decided to, you know, start the business. I was scared from opening a business initially, uh, so I kind of, I would say I started a little later. Uh, but I'm happy that I did it. Oh, nice. What brought me to Percival, basically, um, you know, at the time, uh, Percival was a really good area because there was no pediatric dentist uh, west of Leesburg. So it was a, you know, area that needed a pediatric dentist. A lot of kids had to come all the way to east to get the, you know, dental care. Okay. And then what got you into dentistry overall? So dentistry, you know, that is something that luckily I know from the very beginning that I want to be in the health-related fields, either, you know, medicine or dentistry. And I think dentistry was a better choice because it was a shortened, you know, training. Uh, And it was, in general, I think having a family and being a dentist is easier than being a doctor because you don't have any calls. Um, And I like it because it has, it's really art and science, like you do a lot of handwork. So that part I like too. Now, you said you always knew you were going to be in the medical field or in dentistry. How did you always know and how young? I mean, you know, I guess that some comes with the, you know, enjoying the field enjoying being, you know, a practitioner and also enjoying science. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, the science classes. Okay. Anything related like, you know, biology, physiology, those kind of, you know, pathology, those kind of, you know, um, subjects really interest me. Now, how did you get started when you started your own practice? Was that hard? Initially, it was really hard. What were some of the biggest struggles? Because, you know, the way... um, in dental school, there is no teaching about opening your own business. It doesn't matter what kind of business it is. You, you just, uh, whether you have a hair salon or you have a, you know, dentistry, it's business is business and you don't have any training on it. So uh, a lot of things you have to start from scratch and you have to learn through trial and error. So I would say initially it was hard because I also didn't buy anybody's practice. A lot of dentists or other, you know, doctor may go become an associate for a couple of years and then, you know, they basically buy into practice. So the infrastructure is there. For us, it was zero. So, you know, building it up, uh, the business side of it was initially challenging. Now, But I learned through trial and error. I was going to say, so... What would you say is the most difficult? The building of a team, recruiting new patients, keeping patients? I would say building of a team. 
Okay. And that's, I think, ancestral trust to dentists, at least, you know, a lot of people say the same thing. Building the team and learning to get, you know, um, hire the best team and teach them, I think that was the most challenging. What are some things that you're doing now to keep good so, talent? And of course, experience. <laughs> experience kind of, you know, you learned from your trial, trial and errors. So I can tell I'm very, very proud of our team. Uh, we have a very supportive uh, team. We went from, you know, having one front desk and one assistant and then eventually one assistant and one full time. We went to having uh, like, you know, seven or eight employees. Okay. So what the team that we have right now, they are very supportive of each other. They cover each other. And one of the things that I think, of course, you know, going through the interview and bringing for working interview and giving them time to kind of see if they're the right person definitely makes a big difference. I guess, you know, this is one thing I don't know how, but over the years, you just know who is a better fit. Now you say you're going to give them time to see if they're the right person. What do you mean by that? So... um I can tell you nowadays, even in the interview process and even bringing them through working interview, we kind of know. How do you know? How do I know? I mean, this is like, I don't know how to say. I don't know. Intuition. Okay, intuition. Yeah, <laughs> definitely intuition. Definitely uh, intuitively, you know who's the right fit for you. Um, you know, I just generally look for uh, employees who... You know, they they support each other. I don't like, you know, uh, environment that they just, uh, you know, gossip. I want them to be respectful and to basically support each other. And, you know, and they are friends. My employees are friends. A lot of them are really having a good relationship. And I want them to be um, basically comfortable. I want that to, you know, our office to be their second home. So... I think in our office, we respect each other. We have a friendly relationship. And, uh, you know, some places they're really tough on their employees. I think we basically kind of give them leave, give them space. Yeah. And that's worked well for you. Yes, awesome. I would say so. Awesome, awesome. And then I also want them to care about, of course, the, you know, patients to be friendly. So we have some very, very friendly assistant and friendly front desk. And, you know, generally, you know, good people. <laughs> yeah, no, I love So that. I am very proud of them. In terms of marketing and growing your patient base, what's been some key takeaways that you've learned over the years? So, you know, over the years, we've tried many, especially in the beginning, when you start and you have like one or two patients a day. Then you go sometimes to 40 patients a day. So, of course, the business has grown. Uh, but we always, you know, I paid attention to the marketing side, especially in the beginning. And I hired, you know, some people to work on that. But at the same time, um, basically, um, word of mouth is like, if you do a good job, if you care for your patient, then, you know, they're going to bring their... Uh, family members they're going to bring they're going to tell their members so that is always the best for marketing uh, but in the beginning uh, we basically went to the community when whenever there was you know 
uh, fairs and stuff, we were present, we went to school, and some of those plans we still do, some of those uh, programs we still do, like, for example, in February, which is a dental month, we still go to schools, we are, you know, our brand is Tooth Fairy, so we're mm-hmm. the Tooth Fairy Dentist, that's a concept, because we start seeing patients, uh, you know, kids from age one, mm-hmm. so those are the ages, like, up to five, six, the Tooth Fairy concept is really important for them. So this is our brand. We're the Tooth Fairy Dentist in the Western London area. So, you know, we have actually a Tooth Fairy. We go, uh, our Tooth Fairy uh, was a very pretty <laughs> girl. She goes to the, um, basically, uh, elementary schools. We've gone through, you know, daycares, uh, preschools, and, you know, early age, like uh, kindergarten, first grade, in the Tooth Fairy clothes, and they we kind of teach the community about dental hygiene, about uh, dental experience in general, what happens at your first um, you know visit, and also diet. So these are the things that we go out to the community to focus on. Education, uh, basically hygiene and diet, and a dental office experience, because a lot of you know, there's a lot of scare always about going to the dentist. So when you're hiring, do you look at them and say, would well, they make a good tooth fairy? No, I'm kidding. Uh, none at all. You know, I have been the tooth fairy myself in the beginning, but now I have, you know, other people who are do, being the tooth fairy. No, that's not part of the criteria. Okay, good. You don't not have to really. look like a tooth fairy to work. No, no. Um, no. In terms of some of the things that you wish more parents knew, like the top three things you wish parents knew before? So, you know, one of the main things that parents need to know is they need to bring their kids to the dentist at age one. Okay. So a lot of times, even the pediatrician and the general dentist, because I'm a pediatric dentist, so we specialize in kids, seeing young kids at age one and all the way to like usually 18, 20. Uh, so a lot of parents don't know that they need to come to the dentist early. They start late. And a lot of parents uh, do breastfeeding and bottle feeding longer than it's healthy for the teeth. Or they don't know how to. For example, they put their babies to bed when there is a lot of teeth, not brushing the teeth. And so a lot of these babies starting at age as early as one and a half, they start getting cavities. And that's called baby bottle tooth decay or nursing decay. So those are the things that we can uh, prevent by educating them. So we always tell them, if you would like to do breastfeeding, it's perfectly fine. You just want, when their teeth present, the teeth are present, you basically need to brush the teeth at night and don't do any feeding in the middle of the night. So that is something that we can teach them, educate them about how to do it. So it's not about the breastfeeding, it's about the timing of breastfeeding. So just imagine like a one and a half year old or a two years old come in with five to 10 cavities sometimes. So this is very preventable. Got it. And a lot of the community, general dentists, pediatrician, they tell the, you know, parents to take your tit, uh, kids at three. But really the Academy of Pediatric Dentistry wants them to come at age one. Okay. So first thing is bring your kids in at age one. At age one. That is really important. Awesome. That's what I, we teach the community we talk about it in our school visits. We tell parents of older kids to bring your other kids at age one. 
uh, it is the recommendation of American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry. Okay, so got it. That's the first tip. Do you have one or two other tips that you wish more parents knew? So that is the first thing because when you start early, we can focus on prevention. I want to say 50 to 60% of the kids these days don't even have cavities. They don't even know what a cavity is. You know, my generation probably had few, parents' generation had more, and their grandparents have dentures, you know, so they had no teeth by the time they were 40 or 50. So I think this is really important to educate them. Uh, the other things is starting brushing early. So a lot of times uh, parents may think these are baby teeth, they're going to fall. But in fact, the baby molars fall at about age 12, 11 to 12. So they have to start brushing them early. As soon as the teeth come in, they have to be start, start the brushing. I always say treat your kids' teeth like your teeth. You don't drink milk at bedtime. They shouldn't be drinking milk at bedtime. They should be drinking milk before bedtime. You brush your teeth before you go, but the same thing with your one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old, and two-year-old. Um, so brushing is important at nighttime before going to bed and in the morning before breakfast. So that's number two that I would recommend. Then usually about two-and-a-half, three, I would recommend flossing too. So that's another thing that we oftentimes don't do for our kids. Now, do you have any tricks on flossing your two- to three-year-old? I'm... I did it for my daughter. We have flossers that are really easy to use. Okay. They can just, you know, tie the floss around it. And I would say it doesn't take more than 20 seconds. You basically, you know, have them stand in front of the mirror, do the bottom ones, especially between the molar, tilt the head, tilt the head, do the top ones. That's as easy as that. It really takes 20. But it goes a long way of not getting certain type of cavities. And do you recommend your kids doing that by themselves or are you no, doing that I would, up until uh, The age? idea usually, the recommendation is until they learn to write cursive, which they don't do anymore in any way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's usually used to be about nine. Okay. So I would always recommend to let the, tell the kids to let your parents brush for you. Okay. So I would recommend that they do it. Kids can just experiment with it, but the, the parents have to brush. Okay. The parents really have to brush. Otherwise, the brushing is not going to brush and floss. And usually, you know, you'll know when you don't do it anymore. They're going to kick you out of there. Yeah. <laughs> As I think I would say 9, 10. Okay. So that's something that they have to do, at least the nighttime. Okay. And, of course, another, you know, recommendation I have would be the diet. You know, I would tell parents to stay away from sticky candy, uh, anything that, you know, stick to the grooves of the teeth, uh, and also like lollipops, fruit roll-ups. And if they want to have treats, uh, it would be better for them to have things like chocolate, cake, ice cream that melts and doesn't stick to the teeth. So this is the diet. So chocolate's okay, cake's okay. Yeah, and by okay, I don't mean that they should have chocolate every hour. But if they want to, I mean, kids are kids, they have to have their fair share of sweets. Yeah. So if they have something, they want to have something treat, I recommend to parents. We constantly talk about because my belief is educating the parents. My belief is prevention. I want parents to be able to prevent having cavities, not to get cavities and treat it. And these are by easy steps. So I always tell them not to buy Costco-size supply of candies and juice. Juice, I think, has a lot, a lot of sugar. Um, so we show them how much sugar is actually in a bottle of, um, you know, 
juice box, which is a ton. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, other candies we have, like samples that we show them. There's like, I want to say in a bottle of juice, there could be as uh, many as like 10 or 15 packs of little packs of sugar. Oh, man. Yeah. So we show them. We actually, we, in pediatric dentistry, there's a concept called tell, show, do. Mm-hmm. Tell them, show them. If you want to work with children, they have to, you have to tell them. You can't just start it. Mm-hmm. Have to tell them, show them, and then do it. So we kind of have these samples of, you know, the amount of sugar and different things and posters and stuff. So we let the parent know, and uh, we just basically talk about it to cut down on the sticky candy juice and, um, you know, milk, uh, a certain type of milk like chocolate milk, vanilla milk. And I always tell them, if you want to give them treat, just buy in a small amount. Don't have like a huge supply because if you have them, the kids are going to have it. They're going to eat it all. So that's my tell. They don't get Costa's <laughs> Uh, Simple yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. In terms of where you see your business in the next five, 10 years? You know, our business has grown a lot because we have been the only pediatric dentist in, uh, you know, Western Loudoun. Um, I would think it's going to continue to grow. But we have a solid, office? yes. Okay. Yes. I would want to stay small. Uh, I think a lot of people... You know, when they get their mid-career, they may expand. Actually, uh, my goal is to stay small and focus on our quality of our work rather than, you know, growing big awesome. and going to a bigger space, basically. Yeah, that's always we a have challenge. A, it is a lot of challenge, a lot of stress, and I think, um, I think I'm very happy where we are. Okay, good. Yeah. Western Loudon is great. Yeah, and I think, as I said, I have a good team. We have a team that are, you know, being loyal. And I think that loyalty comes because they feel respected and they, f- I mean, I, you know, I have to ask them, but that's my feeling that a lot of our um, staff has stayed with us for a long time. It makes a big difference a, with your it clients is, yes. or patients as well. Yes. Yeah. And we have some part, part-timers, so we work with people's schedule. Some people want to come two days a week. Some people want to come three days a week. Some people want to come, you know, have a full time. And basically, the team support each other. For example, if somebody you know has is sick or can't come to work for whatever reason, the person who's part time is going to support them, and vice versa. Yeah, that's wonderful. So that's something that I think we haven't had the need to call for. You know, those agencies that you know you can Back hire up. temps. We <laughs> yeah. don't need to do that because the staff themselves support each other. And they work that. with each other. Now, if to wrap things up, if you were to give one message to the world right now, it could be completely unrelated to pediatric dentistry, but just, or it could be related to it. What would your one message be? I mean, I would stick to pediatric dentistry and I would just stick to educating them about dental hygiene and uh, diet. Eat healthy. Eat healthy. There we go. <laughs> and, you know, eat less sugar. And that's something that I have to do myself, too. <laughs> All of us do. <laughs> All of us have to kind of cut down on sugar because a lot of disease or, uh, diseases in the future could be, you know, come Link from to it. consumption of too much sugar. Dr. Mona, thank you so oh, much for welcome. being a guest on the podcast. You're I so appreciate your time thank and you expertise. For doing this. Yeah, thank you very much for having me here. Of course.
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Alamon Show. If you are a business owner, you are in the Northern Virginia area, or you're willing to come out and visit us here in our Leesburg studio, and you've been in business for at least five years, I invite you to apply or nominate a guest for an upcoming show. Go to alamonphotography.com and click on podcast, where you'll find a link to nominate a guest. And thanks as always for listening.